Welcome to What in the Mental Health Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Brandon Rice. And I'm Amber Guzman. And we are sharing conversations about the mind, body, and soul. Welcome, everyone, uh, to another episode of What in the Mental Health. This is podcast episode number five. Today, we're going to be talking about stories, stories that bring us pain or limit us and are no longer serving us, uh, the habits of repeating such stories uh, that either make us sad or limited or just down and out, and old wounds that we cannot let go. Before we get started, suicide hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. You can also text the word HOME, H-O-M-E, to the number 741-741. You can also call a therapist or talk to someone if needed. Our conversation here is to share our personal experiences. Right? Yeah. But but we're just here as a support and this podcast is a way of connecting with you. Yep. And yes. So today, uh, this is our special episode in terms of this is our first guest that we're having on the show. This is Carla Walker. She will uh, come on in just a moment. First, I'm going to do a little introduction for her. Carla is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She is a spiritual coach and teacher, co-author of a book called Cracking the Rich Code, and also a Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna strategic intervention coach, a certified spark type advisor, and a spiritual advisor and sage. And I'll let Amber uh, continue with the introduction here. Yes, very proud to have our first guest on on our podcast and someone so special to me, but Carla's purpose for being on the planet is to help people attain their highest purpose. She's worked with executives, celebrities, high profile clients in the music and film industry and NASCAR racing. She's successfully practiced for over 27 years with individuals, couples, families, groups, and corporations have benefited from her unique and enthusiastic style. When you work with Carla, you'll feel her heart and know she's fully, fully committed to you. She was born a teacher, intuitive healer, and a coach. Her holistic style includes teaching how to direct the mind, strengthen the body, and find or follow your spirit's path. She is not only an amazing um, therapist, but I also have been blessed to have her as my mother. So uh, we felt like it was really special to bring her on because she's helped uh, us in our lives, but also so many people and just had so much wisdom and good stuff to share. So proud to introduce my mom, Carla Walker. Welcome to the show, Carla. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, it's it it touches my heart to hear and to see you both there, but to hear you um, that you're actually doing this. And thanks for having me be your first guest. And I think you both know I love you so much. And you know, I loved how how both of you have been really authentic and real showing and putting yourselves out there. So I, um, I know one of the things you asked me before we started recording is uh, a little question about sort of how I got here and doing this and being on purpose um, with my path. And I was born into a large family of, uh, you know, there was 11 in my family. I'm number six of the, in, in the positions in my family 
but I really came from a spiritually strong family. My mom was really the one who opened the doors for the rest of us to explore what we wanted to explore. So we started out Catholic. I can remember my grandma who would have her rosary and praying so deeply And as a little child, we'd have so much time out in the hills. And uh, my best girlfriend and I, we would pray in the hills. We would pray to the sky. We would go up to the church that was built and we'd walk in there and just pray with such devotion. And, mm. and, um, and around fifth, sixth grade, the family switched, uh, some of them switched over to self-realization fellowship. Sorry, they actually, my mom and dad and some of my older brothers went to Maharishi over to Paramahansa Yogananda and self-realization fellowship. And that was really an influence for many, many years. So that really did involve a lot of learning to focus the mind. I mean, that's really what he's about is meditation and focusing the mind and really getting the self in balance and giving your time to, he would use the word God. Mm. So mm. studying Catholicism, self-realization fellowship, and really went through to, to uh, get to create, have Kriya yoga and have been practicing that for decades. And then really went into studying a lot of new path with a lot of new path teachers it was probably hard for Amber because whether it was crystals or astrology or Reiki or something, there was always, a, a, yeah, <laughs> I didn't, yeah. yeah, I didn't think that one was as far out there as some of them, but, um, and then yeah, um, I, I shared how I would wake up to burning sage around me and crystals. Yeah. And I, I mm. think I did anyway, but yeah, my, yeah. my sixth grade camp at the meditation, being, yeah, that yeah. was with self-realization fellowship and and there you would have had times where they would have been talking to you about how to direct the mind right and how mm. to stop the thoughts and try to get yourself back to your center really remembering who you are yeah. and um then went out for sweat lodge at the reservation and spent a lot of years there and was in relationship with the shaman there for many years and but I have always stuck with meditation. It has been my commitment and kind of my vow to myself and to the teachings of self-realization fellowship. So morning and evening meditations have been a part of my life. It just is no matter what, if I, it doesn't matter where I am, I can. And every once in a while I go and lay down and hit the pillow. My head hits the pillow. And I was like, uh-uh, get back up. Uh, <laughs> boom. Let's do this. You know, that, yeah. uh, five, four, three, two, one Mel Robbins at that moment. Like, no, that's my commitment. So, um, that's wonderful. That's, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a great story. So you've always been, um, you've, we were kind of born into a spiritual family, something that focuses really on in, in a sense, you could say mental health, right. Um, in terms of meditation, some people get stuck on how long you should meditate, should or should not meditate. Uh, can you yeah. speak speak a little bit to that in terms of what what is the correct timing or the correct way, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, for me, years ago, decades ago, I definitely meditated for an hour in the morning and an hour at night. And it was okay. crazy hard. I had mm -hmm. all the kids and the stepkids in the cafe and we'd still wake up at four and have that hour drive. And we just did it. Mm -hmm. um, my meditations are shorter now. And okay. I really think it's personal. I have a sister and brother-in-law. They spend a lot of time in meditation. I think it depends what you need to find your center. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have a good rhythm right now. And I, 
I love that. Um, I think we're going to maybe close on a little meditation, but I love that Diama had said, and I try to help people when they go like, I'm not meditating because I'll bring it up enough times. I'm like, well, I'm not doing this. I was like, there's no judgment. Just could you just one minute stop and pay attention to your breathing. It can change mm -hmm. the world. And that she actually said, we have changed the world from what originally Yogananda said he saw. So that's powerful that more and more people are meditating nowadays right. and that it's becoming more of a practice in, in the Catholic church doesn't teach meditation to their parishioners, but I, I learned that they actually taught all the priests to meditate. And that's where, mm. you know, they say Jesus was in the temple learning to meditate. So I think it's kind of interesting that back then it wasn't really taught to everyone, but it's certainly mainstream now, right? It was kind mm -hmm. of like people would tease like, oh, you're meditating, you know, and now it's kind of a well, thing and to I do. think there's a kind of a new word called mindfulness, right? Like that mm -hmm. seems to be socially more like less of a meditation, you know, where you have to sit and do it the certain way that we believe. Yeah. And where I like the way you say, mom, like it can be a minute. And we've talked about that, Brandon, even just in the car that where we're focusing the breath, that it is just that time of where we're tuning into our conscious choice of directing our thoughts, our breath, our focus yeah. on, on a different space. And I think that's just what it is. And that's why we are really wanting to talk about today um, the stories, the stories we tell. And I'm really excited to dive deeper into it because with all our mindfulness, with our meditations, we have that ability to change the world and to change our personal lives with our practicing these ways and by mm -hmm. shifting the stories. And so do you want to kind of tune into this mom and help us out with or Carla. <laughs> Sorry, people, if you'll hear me call her mom sometimes, but Carla. Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, one of the practices, and I didn't even know how profound it was until some of my clients or friends said back to me, thank you for sharing about stop telling my stories. And thank you for, you know, not for maybe interrupting me telling a story or sometimes people don't like it, but I'll walk away from someone telling the same story. Um, and it's because I know that I'm not helping them in any way, repeat that same story. And, mm. but I want to also say is that I do know, and obviously I have a practice when there are traumas, people do need to come in and get their stories sometimes out of their bodies. And when they're mm. in their bodies, I am respectful of that, that, those traumas are in there and they're going to come out and I will be loving as they heal their bodies. It's where that's not the stories we're talking about today, right? We know, I'm hoping people will know the difference. I'm talking about you get together for a gathering and suddenly we are talking about that sibling and we would not share that story in that way if they were standing in the room. Mm. Or the story of what they did the last holiday or the last gathering or they were wh whatever it is. And I was hoping you guys will share stories, too, that, you know, you repeat. And mm -hmm. so I know that um, when when I hear people say, give me that feedback, that it has helped them so much if we stop the stories. And if anything, the ultimate goal would be to tell the new stories is where we would hope to get to. So. I know I, I one, one of the stories I would I would encourage you all to think back on stories that you tell over and over 
And I, I just know most people have the holiday stories. Mm -hmm. um, they have a vacation story. They have, um, you know, someone did this to them, <laughs> you know, someone boss mm -hmm. stories, right? Their boss is a la, 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 you know, they're, their uh in-laws those are the stories you know right so mm -hmm. i was wondering if you guys have stories you can think of and that you just from us kind of going through this preparing for today if you've come up with stories that you're like oh my gosh and what i'm going to ask you to go is then becoming conscious how is the commitment can you make that commitment i won't continue that story like almost a vow or a promise to yourself but i wondered if you caught yourself because i really did want to ask your group your audience to sort of take a moment let's just take a moment and kind of reflect on even in the last week i will bet you there was a driver on the freeway where someone's like oh my god you know whatever it is and it went in their bodies and then they went to the next person and said you know um Oh, I was on with AT&T and I had to sit and they're on and on and on. And they were, you know, whatever we want to keep that story going instead of stopping the story. Right. So mm -hmm. if we're doing that and I'll go back to you guys and see if you've come up with some stories yet is we're in the lower frequency, right? We're in those lower vibrations. We are not in a higher frequency of our true self, our true enlightened self and our true energy beingness and our light being bodies that we really are. So we're in those lower, generally in fear that lower 100, around 100 frequency vibrational energy. So I was wondering, Amber, Brandon, did something pop up that you know? Like, oh my gosh, I just, this just spills out of me. Well, you said in the last week, there's probably like 15. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I yeah. just know, like, even though they're little ones, like uh, an example, just the other day, I had a whole bunch going on. And I remember I was like, I think I even texted to Brandon and my mom. I'm like, I don't have enough time in the day. How am I getting like, I felt like I wanted to do more things. So I'll just say to myself, you know, God, I just, I don't have enough time. And then I quickly went to, I shifted it in my mind and I went, I can just, I can do all these things. And it, it went to one at a time, take care of each thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, it was like a list in my mind of, okay, you can do this. And, and it, it wasn't like bad things. It's all good things and things I want to do, but it was still the thought of like, how am I going to do all this? And it felt beca became stressful in my body. Mm -hmm. And I went, I don't want to feel that I want to be in the joy. And it was so interesting because once I did shift it, my, I had where I got to, my friend wrote that we got to hike 10 minutes earlier. I had ordered all my groceries the night before on Ralph's and everything was in stock. I thought I was going to have to go in the market and get three or four things. We were making a veggie detox soup. And I thought, I'm not going to have everything. There's no way they're going to have everything. Everything was there. Mm -hmm. So I know that when I do flip it, it's like a completely different outcome. And not to say I didn't still feel a little bit of stress just because I did kind of have too much going on, right. but in a way, like I want to figure out how to do it all. And it's all, when I do flip that story, it's a better story. Mm. So, and so yeah, but I do have many other examples I could share of talking about it, somebody and feeling yucky at the end of the day. And waking up the next morning going, okay, I don't want to do that. I don't want to share that because 
It doesn't leave me feeling in that higher frequency. And I do not know that that is practice. And I'm still working on that one because I get where things I'm very sensitive. So it can affect my, my energy when I feel hurt. And that's the part that I do have to go deeper into that hurt or that feeling of like, why do I take that personal? Or why do I let this affect me? And, you know, a lot of times I just get upset with myself that I'll think I'm too sensitive or why can't I just flip this? Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to just acknowledge what it is right now, because if I can do that, then I have the ability to change that story or do it different next time. So is that kind of what you're, you're, you're asking mom? I was, I, well, I was thinking that's because that's kind of a really good sticky one that can take us right into lower frequency. So are you saying like, if you're with someone at a party or with a friend or something, and suddenly there's things said, and then you wake up the next day. And so there was like a hook, right? There's like a moment, or maybe, I don't even know if you're at a place of being completely unconscious until the next morning, or you're conscious. And that's one of the things I thought it was good for your audience to be thinking about is, are they remaining conscious enough that the fish hook comes down and they're like, oh my God, I so want to tell this story, or I want to feed the story. Someone's there telling about someone and then someone. So there's, there's, there's two, there's two, yeah, there's two things going on right here that I want to clarify for our audience is that there's the stories that you tell yourself, like what's, what Amber is talking about the story about this is how my day is going. And she's having a conversation with herself. Then there's a story which Carla is talking about. These are the stories that you tell others. So I really want to make the clarification here in terms of which one do we want to focus on right now? And when you get Mm -hmm. stuck in these stories, how do you stop? That's the biggest thing that I think we should, we can focus on right now. We'll get into some other tools that you can use, but when you're in either of these and Carla, you can help us out which one you want to focus on. But when you're stuck in a story, how do you stop and pivot and start to re or edit your story? That type of thing. The one little thing I'd love to just add in there, because for clarification, too, is that we can get in these habits of venting. Mm -hmm. And then also, like, I'm struggling with knowing when I'm like venting with people that I feel safe with Mm -hmm. and that I get sort of outside feedback or, you know, guidance because I share they know something about something that's happened with our job or with a family member or something so you can get together with people and it's this comfort that we share about our family or something that's going on that's causing us pain or anguish. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to work on is when is it a healthy story vent session mm. versus, you know, I'm gossiping or saying something bad. And that's where I'm sort of at a, a, a turning point in my life of like, knowing, and I know it's personal because I don't feel good sometimes even just sharing when it's a, about like, it feels like an old experience when we get in this higher frequency, even so maybe you could clarify. Well, I really like Brandon. I was following you too. Cause I was like, Oh, we've got two, two stories. We're, we're going two different directions because to me, one of the things Amber shared was uh, to me a little bit more about creating and she did pivot really shift, shifted her energy on that story of how her time was going. Right. I think the focus today, but I, you know, I love that topic <laughs> too. I think today is, and then Amber, you, 
kind of put it in black and white, when, where's the line? Where am I going to get on that walk and share with someone or with that therapist or with that friend? Am I going to share that story? Because I'm really wanting to get it out of my body. Mm -hmm. So for me, I know the first thing I want to do is I want to see if I can shift it in me. I want to see if I can get in my body and know on the vibrational level, where's this in my body and what am I feeling and why is this showing up this way? And why am I forgetting that they're divine beings or that they're connected to me or that I love them and that we're in this human body having this 3D experience and we're just forgetting it? And, and there will be times, uh, I think, you know, I will go do my work and I'll go meditate and I don't want to talk about it because I really want to see if I don't have to feed it in any way. Mm-hmm. But I will call a friend at times and go, this one's stuck in my body. I just want to talk and get it out of my body. But you can see it's not just me vomiting. It's me being really conscious. Right. That's a really conscious choice. I'm consciously choosing. Can I just get this out of my body? So I can get back to breathing. You know that when it's stuck in your body, you're not fully inhaling, right? You're holding on to this story and it's like, oh, constricted. Mm-hmm. You might not be thinking that, but we're constricted, you know? And then I just go like, oh. okay, you know, I, yeah. just, I don't want that in my body. But if I go every day and there's a comment, you know, back and back and back, sometimes they're big, you know, I mean, Amber knows there's been some loss in our family, And I did a lot of work internally. And then I did some work outside myself too. And there were times I told the story and it wasn't necessary because the hook came down and I would take it. You know, you get in a group of people and it's easy to get hooked on gossip, sarcasm, just Mm -hmm. their habits um, to throw out. And also it's funny because I think that we can all say that so if we don't have all these stories to tell, what do you talk about? Like, oh, it's just... Cause I, I kind of experienced that to be honest last night. Like I love like the Brandon and I, and I know you like to, we all like to connect with people. And with that, we dive deep into just what's going on in life, good and bad. Like I just pour it all out there and it is like to get it out of our bodies, but it is a funny thing when you think of, well, if I don't have these things to talk about when I have two hours on a hill, what are we going to talk about? Oh, I just meditated and life is just blissful. You know, like I I like the stories. I like us talking about this stuff. So maybe giving a good example of, you know, maybe Brandon wants to share something, another bit of his story or where he noticed a shift in himself, you know, in the last week or so, is there something you want to share Brandon? So we could kind of see your process. Not in the last week. My, my story that I was going to bring up is more a story with myself. And I, I think what uh, Carla really wants to focus on is this, the stories that we we go into a conversation with a group of people and we start talking about something. So I'm going to try to come up with something like that. But two terms that I've that I've learned, I don't I can't remember where I learned them from. <clears throat> uh, one is emotional dumping and the other is healthy venting um, or just venting in general. And I, I really want to bring those up because there are people who, and I've, I've definitely experienced this myself to where you get into this, um, you get into this rumination and this habit of telling a certain story and gossiping about someone, right? So this used to be me uh, a while ago. I don't do this very often nowadays. Um, if something does bother me, like, 
for a, a situation at work bothered me the other day. I told a few people I vented. That's how I felt. And I felt good about discussing the situation. Um, when you get into a situation where you consistently repeat the same story, life is woe, life sucks. I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And you get stuck telling a people group of people. People are jerks. Or, yeah, 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 right, right. When Our you get world into that, sucks. Yeah, the politics, gas you, prices. You, you come across these people who, and I, I used to be like this, um, they kind of have the same negative story that goes over and over. And that's all they talk about. That's emotional dumping. And then venting would be more of like, hey, like what Carla was saying earlier, I really need to get this out of my body. I need to talk about it. And then you feel good. I think it, the feeling of how you feel after you tell the story is important to, to think about. Um, mm -hmm. When you vent, it's like, man, I really need to get that out. It feels good that I could talk to somebody authentically, be 100% me and not be judged about it, right? Um, whereas when you continuously emotionally dump, you, you, you feel the same after you tell the story. And it, it gives you some sort of satisfaction to tell that story, but you're also still stuck where you were before after you tell that story. So um, a, an example... For me, um, a story would be like when I was in high school or most likely high school, and we would just, a group of guys would just get together and we just talk about certain people in the school. Like, oh, this person has that type of clothes or this person like is so poor this and, you know, just make fun of people. That would be the subject of it all, just to make fun of someone else and it got to the point as I grew older, it's just like, what are we doing? You know, um, for me, but some people are still there, you know, that was high school, like 16, 17 people are, I'm 35 now. And some of them still participate in that type of storytelling. Right. Um, I don't because it, it doesn't feel good to me. It doesn't feel, um, it doesn't, I don't have a beneficial outcome from it. It's not effective for me. It just doesn't make me happy. I don't have a certain story to where I'm continuously talking about it wherever I go. There was a, okay now okay now we reached it now we reached it we made it we made it we got there so, so we made it we made it to this part. So on a, on another episode, I talked about how I used to play football and I really loved it, and then I got into nursing. And nursing school was great, but when I first I got my first nursing job, I absolutely hated it. I couldn't stand it. And anywhere I went, I would tell anybody who was willing to listen, including Amber, including mm -hmm. Carla. <laughs> like you mm -hmm. guys remember when I was in that space, I was just like, I need to get out of this. I, I at that time I was living in Portland, Oregon. I was, and I thought the answer was I need to get out of Portland, go back to LA, and if I could, I need to get out of nursing. And I would just tell everyone the same exact story wherever I go and wherever I went. And I, I felt stuck. Um, and so that is my story that, that we can focus on. And Carla, you can chime in whenever you want. And we can, we can kind of dissect that and see, see what happened, how I, how I got out of that or 
Well, yeah. one of the things that I think about is, um, so Jacob Glass is this very cool minister. Um, he would tell the story that he, he said, I grew up in an alcoholic home. We didn't have food. I used to have to go down to the 7-Eleven and steal um, ketchup packets to make sandwiches. And he goes, I bet all you guys don't feel so good hearing that story right now. And so mm -hmm. he shifted the story. He said, I grew up in a family where I really learned independence and I was very resourceful and it's helped me today. Like you can just feel the difference in how he tells the story. Mm -hmm. And what I think of was whatever that is, if we go back to that time, you were obviously in the lower frequency of whatever that was, grief and apathy, right? You were in those lower frequencies right. versus God, I was really growing. I was learning about forgiveness. I was learning about hard, uh, how to focus my mind. I was really learning. I was a new student. I was a new nurse. I was mm -hmm. whatever it would be. You would feel the difference in how you tell the story, right? Right. You could feel the vibrational shift if you were to just go back, you know, and kind of what did Brandon learn at that time? Gosh, I learned to get out of some situations. I changed my life. It motivated me. That's my bottom. I won't play in that arena anymore. Right. I, I, I choose to play in different places. And right. I don't know. Yeah. How would you tell the story? I would tell the story the same exact way I, I did <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> the, the, the biggest thing I would change right now would be now after talking to you, right? Of course, I would try to change my words, but I still remember how I felt. I felt terrible. I hated my job. I hated living in Portland at that time. Nothing against Portland. I just, you know, being from SoCal in the sunshine and then going to Portland, there wasn't a lot of sun. I didn't, I didn't do well in that environment. And the biggest thing I would say is that I just needed some help. I needed some therapy. I needed, I needed someone to help me shift the way I was thinking about the story. And yes. when I ended up getting that, then I was able to stop being so hard on myself. Be like, look, being able to be like, you're a new nurse working in the cardiac ICU, one of the one of the hardest, one of the hardest places you can be as a nurse. And yeah. give yourself some grace, which I never learned how to do. Um, learning to be mindful and be aware of when you do start to feel that stress, like stop working so much, maybe take some time off, get into nature, listen to some music, go hang out with some friends rather than call a friend, call yeah. a friend. Right. And we talked that. a lot during that time. I remember how hard that was. Yeah. And it was hard for me to do that stuff because honestly, I was in a space where the, the calling the friend and um, getting into nature or going to work out, I was too far gone to be in a space where I could come back. And what I needed more than anything was actually, we talk about this, what I needed was some medication, right? So, and that's the whole, that's part of the purpose of this podcast is to talk about you know, mental health is on a spectrum and you might just need a shift in your perspective. Some people just need a shift in perspective and hopefully we can provide that through this podcast. Some people just need a little bit of therapy. And then some people just need some medication to help calm their, whatever's going on in their brain down. And that's what I needed. Uh, it took me a long time to get there, but when I finally got there, I could, I could finally relax and be like, oh, and I could see it for what it was. It wasn't about Portland. It wasn't about being in the hardest unit. It was about me being in a whole new environment and not knowing how to cope. So mm. I, could, I could tell that story 
in a better way, I guess I would say I learned through, through that experience, I learned how much, how important it is to seek help when you, when you, to be vulnerable, right. And let people know when it really starts, when it really starts, um, going to a bad place to reach out, but to also listen to your, there's a book, um, that one of my friends gave me her, um, it's called, uh, in- integrity. Let me look it up real quick, but it's by Martha mm-hmm. Beck. Oh, Martha it's, Beck. oh right. it's, um, the way of integrity. The way of integrity. Yeah. 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 So she right talks, here. you told me to get it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's such a good book. One of my good friends, uh, Sarah Collins gave it to me and through that book, I read uh, what I learned from it is that that deep inner knowing that you feel your instinct that tells you like, Hey, this is not, this is not for you. I felt that immediately when I started, um, in cardiac ICU nursing, not to say that cardiac ICU nursing wasn't for me, but where I was at that point wasn't for me. And I needed some help to help me understand how to maneuver nursing itself is for me. And I know that now, and I wanted to quit so bad, but I'm glad I didn't because now I found <clears throat> the beautiful thing about nursing is there's so many different things you can do. And now I found through that ICU experience, I'm doing something that I really enjoy now. Um, and, but the integrity, the, the part of that integrity, that inner knowing was like, Hey, this isn't for you. Maybe you need a little bit of help navigating being in this spot. So um, it's getting a little convoluted with the story, but basically all in all, I learned to be vulnerable and to be, uh, have a little more grace with myself in that story. So you, you know, feel kind of, or go ahead, mom, but I was going to well, just, well, Brandon, it. I was going to say part of you, um, and there's different levels of how we talk about that experience. Mm-hmm. And what I was thinking of for you going through all that pain. I, I just like to talk spiritually a little bit for a moment is right. that that experience was still your inner knowing of everywhere you needed to go, got mm-hmm. you where you are today to do this. Right. So to me, I always still say it was designed perfectly in my consciousness mm-hmm. and that Portland didn't resonate with you. Right. Like for me, I know you said like, I hated it there. I, it feels, it's just a little subtle shift is that it was always, you're always, you know, when you're younger, you do kind of end up in places and you're like, Oh God, my body doesn't, it's not okay here. Mm -hmm. That's all we know. It's not okay. Then you go over somewhere else. And I hope your audience even is like, Oh my God, where am I that it's not feeling right in my body? How do I get where it is right in my body? Right. And so you did do that and you were listening and you weren't somebody who was stubborn you actually reached out and got help. You, mm-hmm. you know, you, you shifted your life, but trust me, every one of those places have served you right. to be bigger spiritually in yeah, every way. Absolutely. Amber, what were you going to say? Um, just, I, I think that it is like telling these stories, like when we get to reflect on it, that there's such variations for us of like in our lives where we've got those big stories, Mm -hmm. you know, and then there is to where we're at because you could tell 
that big story was a very big turning point in your life, Brandon, that made right. you really seek out and make changes. And it took a few years, a couple of years of figuring all that out and even where you're at now, yeah. but just knowing that that was a big story then and the work that you did. And, um, you know, we're, we're kind of summarizing it really and not going into all the depths of it, mm-hmm. but to now have it be in the last week, just a little quick shift of where that story of maybe you didn't want to work as much or thinking, mm-hmm. you know, where you're able because of those big stories, right. you're now able to shift it. And I think that's what you're talking about too, mom, that if it's a big, big story, obviously traumas and things, you got to dive deeper and we get to reflect on that. But the day-to-day little stories of, hey, not thinking you wanted to work as much and being able to work nine days in a row. And that little shift in your story or your mindset, because going back to our mindset and knowing that, you know, we want to tell it different and we want to feel different. We want to feel at a higher frequency and able to manage all of these circumstances that come to us each day. And so it's pretty cool to hear your big story, but then also share a little bit, Brandon, how the, that story, like how it can be a little quick shift and how you live today, where you are able to set all these awesome morning routine and different things in place so that you can completely tell a different story of how your work of nine days a week, uh, n- nine, nine days, days of week. working. <laughs> yeah. Nine days a week. <laughs> I want nine days in a week. <laughs> I need 50 hours in a day. I want to do more. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> But like that you, how you got, you felt good, you know, yeah. where five years ago or whenever that was in Portland, that one day of work was hell. Where nine right. days of working in a row, you're like fulfilled and still have time to do a podcast right now. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, and a, and a lot of it is um, having, setting yourself up with the tools you need to succeed. And it's honestly, it's, everyone's tools that you're going to use are, are different and you have to do the work to figure out what tools work for you. And I'm still learning what works for me, but one of them is therapy. That's a big, it's a big part. And talking to my therapist and being like, Hey man, like I really don't want to work <laughs> in terms of what I'm, what I'm doing right now. Cause I, I really want to, I'm in school to be a psychiatric nurse practitioner. That's what I want to do. I feel, I, I feel really really fulfilled about what I do um, when I engage in that practice and I didn't necessarily feel feel that uh, before the last this past week and that was a change in mindsets and that's why I didn't want to go to work and the big thing that for me how I how I connect work is through like I want to have joy in my work And, and most people do but some people just give up and just be like, you know what? This is just the way life is. But I wouldn't do that in terms of when I was in Portland. I was like, there is no way that I'm going to be working 20, 30 years doing something that I, I'm not fulfilled from that doesn't bring me joy. Um, and through that, I, 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 I have with the meditation and the, the cold showers and all that stuff, I still felt with this work that I'm doing right now, um, I work in the, I work in a, in a PACU, which is a post anesthesia care unit. Um, 
I, I, it took me a while to get to the point where I feel that joy. And the reason I, I, I really feel that it took me so long is because I was fighting it. I was like, I finally found what I want to do. I want to be a psychiatric MP. And I focused on that. And anything less than that, I'm, I couldn't feel the joy, right? And so after talking to my therapist and going through it and just watching some videos about unconditional positive regard, which is a feeling of no matter how you think, no matter how you, the things that you've done in your past, the things that you continue to do, you still love yourself unconditionally for who you are and you accept the thoughts that arise. So I, when I started this, um, the working nine days ago, and I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of going to work. I finally made up my mind and I said, I'm tired of having this negative reaction to going to work because I have to go to work. I got to make money. I got to pay rent. Um, and I, f I finally developed the courage to tell myself, like, you know what? We need to change this. It was just that that one that one decision to say you're in charge of how you think about work. So change it. So it started in the morning, like the morning routine makes me feel really, really good. But then once all that's done, I'm still like, damn, I got to go to work <laughs> like shit. But I told myself like, OK, what did you used to do when you were excited to go to work or when you were excited to play football? Because that, that was my job for a little bit. I was like, man, I put on my headphones and bang out some music and just like have a good time. So I put on the music. And this is a really important thing is that it's sometimes to change your thoughts. You need to you need to start with your behavior. You need to start with something in your body. And so for me, what's really helped me in the last week is music. And I just put on my favorite song and I start to feel better. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Like today is going to be a good day, even though I do my mantra and say that like once I get out of that and then I start thinking about work it kind of like brings me down, but I just tried to stay in that space. And then I got to work and work was good. And I was enjoying myself. And like, I start looking for more effective ways um, to be more efficient at work. And I really was allowed to do what I do best, which is connect with patients. And that's what I've been able to do and it's, and connect with my coworkers. And it's been, it's been so much better when I changed my mindset, but I would say that how do you change your mindset? How do you, how do you get to the point where you can change your mindset? And through that, I would say that's from the meditation, that's from the cold showers, that's from the journaling, that's from the therapy. And that allows me to, once I, once I start going down to a dark path or I'm dealing with something that's been ruminating, I'm more aware now. And then I have more power to be like, Hey, how can I do this? How can I, how can I pivot? And for me, it was really the therapy and the music and the unconditional positive regard to say, hey, yeah, you don't want to go to work and that's OK for you to think that. But we're going to go anyway and we're going to try to have the best time we can. Mm -hmm. Right. So Good story. that's a, that's to like <laughs> sum it up for that for that in terms of how I was able to go from literally telling this story of like, I don't want to go to work. I really don't want to do this job. I want to be a psych MP. I want to do that, but I need to do this now. And changing that mindset 
of like, hey, it's okay that you think like this, but we're still going to go and we're going to try to have the best time, you know? And it, and it's, and you start to attract like positive experiences. I've had some really good experiences in the last week. Yeah. I worked for nine days, but it was really, it was fun. You know, I had a good time. So yeah. That's great. Thanks for that's my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, just so you know, if you watch on the um, frequency chain when you decided to shift your body from that apathy and grief yeah. up to desire and to courage and even to neutrality then there became willingness mm-hmm. and that frequency is at around 300 then you got to reason then you got to love and also you got yourself out of you mm-hmm. which being of service contribution is what usually fills us back up to joy and then you said you were having fun right so you were right. but the things that did change was there was a behavioral change. That's, that's where we want to change with some kind of behavior. So I um, share the story that when Tony Robbins takes people into, and he said, anyone who's here is depressed, you know, who feels depressed, anyone was here who was really feeling, and I, and he does use the word suicidal. So please forgive me on anyone who's suicidal. They read about the hotline, but just talking about so he, he asks um, for who, who felt that way this morning, who was in that state this morning. And what amazes me, and there'll be five, 6,000 people there, people all raise their hand. There are a number of people who will be raising their hand that are struggling with that in that moment, in that morning. Mm. And so what he talks about is, um, can you show me what it looks like to that person? And we have a, 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 a universal law that if I ask anyone in your audience and I said, show me what it looks like. You would all like whenever Tony starts talking, my body already starts doing it. Like, I know what it looks like. I know what it looks like. My body knows how to go there and put myself in that state. So he's mm-hmm. talking about putting us ourselves in a state and you were in a state. Your energy was in a state. Right. And, and so he he says, no, show me more. And you'll see someone go even like their legs kind of spread and their head goes down lower and like their face changes. And you see all this energy on their face. Mm-hmm. He goes, how fast can we change our state? He says this fast, right? Everybody always goes like, ah, and Tony Robbins things. And then there's this clap that happens with, you know, 5,000 people. And he goes, okay, right now, can you shift your energy? Are you willing to shift your energy? Which you became willing. You're like, well, God, you've done enough stuff. You know, you're like, okay, I got to jump in the shower. I'm going to boom. There was a willingness right there. You were already in a higher frequency. So for anyone who's, again, I'm not talking suicidal. I'm talking about maybe they, you have a habit of, you know, hell, I don't want to go to work. Bam, we're down, we're down. You go like, put the shoulders back, just shift your body. What does it look like to be in a joyful state? What does it look like to be inspired? What was your body going to do? It's not like anybody stays in that state. They all go like, oh, I can show you, Tony. I can show you, right? right? We can move our shoulders back that fast. And again, I'm not talking somebody who's clinically, chemically laying in bed, I, but you could still move some energy. You still can move some energy. You can right. still put on some music. You could still five, four, three, two, one, and jump out of bed. Uh, and you could still jump in the showers, but I want everyone on your call to be safe too. But I just know putting the shoulders back, putting on the music, starting some moves, you know, I know we were kind of talking about like, what are some of the things, what are some of the tools you've talked about meditation? We've talked about cold showers and I love jiggle. It's such a funny one to me because I know I'm, I were on recording, but jiggle is from five elements yoga. Mm. And you start, you like have to stand and you're going to get all your chi moving. So you're going to get your hands going 
you're going to get your chest going, you're going to get your belly going, and you're going to get your hips going and your legs going. And when you're doing this as hard as you can, first off, it, the breath starts going mm -hmm. and you're jiggling and you're going to do this for a couple of minutes. It's not a short amount of time. And I don't even care if you did it for 30 seconds, but if your legs were going, and again, it's fun with music, but it's actually funny if you see people start <laughs> jiggling, but you cannot stay in the same state. You cannot wiggle your arms and move your head and move your body. You've altered your state already. You cannot stay in the same state. And I think, Brandon, you just shifted your energy. We put on music. And I got to tell you, I love country music. Mm. I will turn it off. If I can't, if I can't hold my frequency here, I will not listen to certain country music. There's some that's super fun. There's some that is an old story, right? They, that That's kind of one of the jokes. But I will, I'm not ready. If I, my energy can't hold it, I won't keep, continue with that music. And it doesn't, it could be any kind of music, right? Because right. it's certainly rap. It could be, you know, some of the older blues stories you know bam, 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 you know and it's like rah, 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 rah. so you know i don't or just wanna... if you're alone like if someone's lonely or really wanting a partner and then you know i yeah. think of bridget jones diary and she's all by myself right and like yeah. crying yeah. and just with nobody right it totally can take us down yeah yeah it, it uh it reminds me of uh i have a book or like a like a, a small it's a thin book that I picked up from like a boutique shop and it's called Think Happy. And one of the things in there, it says there, there are two dogs and uh, they're walking by um, like a dog shop or something like that. And the first dog he looks in and he sees all the dogs really happy. So he starts smiling and he's smiling. He's wagging his tail and he goes about his business. Right. The second dog walks by. He sees the shop and he's looking in and he's like, everybody's got a frown on their face. And they're like, it looks really depressing and it just looks terrible. Right. And they said, the funny thing about the story is both of the dogs were looking in a mirror and it was like, damn. And that's exactly what comes to mind when I think about what just happened for me in the last nine days. I really didn't want to go to work. I'm like, dang, I don't want to go. But when I shifted my perspective about what was happening, I enjoyed it. And I was the happy dog. At first, I was the sad dog. I don't want to go. And then I go to work. And I'm like, dang, like, this is, this sucks. Like, as soon as I clock in, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to clock out. Right? I was ready to clock out before I even got in the car. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's really powerful how your perspective can change your reality. Oh, and, so much. Right? And that's just something to really think about and to be open to in terms of that there, even if you've been in your job for 30 years or you've been in some type of situation for however long and it's been terrible, there's a possibility that if you are willing to do these things, do the jiggle and do the cold showers and try other things to help you feel better about it. Maybe your situation will get better, but even if it's not the situation that gets better, maybe you'll start to think about a way to be in a better situation, right? And to help change your life. So, well, and I think it's a practice, you know, I try to think of it as a muscle, you know, just mm -hmm. that, you know, even just you saying how you had at first 
had to meditate for an hour every morning in the day and the night when you were first starting to meditate and how you needed that. That was what was the amount where now it can be in your car. It could be on the hill. It could be in between clients. It could be right when you just set that moment, you know, to take 30 seconds before you hit the pillow. Right. And, you know, even for me, just knowing I needed to up my game a bit recently with just shifting my body and my mind that's why instead of just the cold shower I'm actually going inside my pool and it is cold it is not heated and in the last few days like I can't believe the difference of just I know the thought of it even seeing you mom because my mind at first was like what are you thinking about how can you do that and I today it was like within five seconds I was already on the first step second step third step and it's all my mind because if I was saying oh this is so cold and how can you do that I wouldn't go in that pool Mm. but I went I'm in charge of my thoughts I'm in charge of my body everything and so it becomes this practice that I think we get better the more we do it and that's where going back to these stories like they are big they are small and each of us has to identify which ones we want to shift so that we do feel at that higher frequency. And if you could sort of touch on maybe some tools that you teach your clients that is quick. So like we kind of got to get a good example of Brandon and you heard a few of mine, like personal minds, you know, little stories I tell personally, and then also with that venting or group stuff. So it's more like if we could do a little practice where mom, like if I was to say, oh, I'm just so tired today. Okay. Like what if Brandon and I threw out a couple of things to you, what would you just quickly, you know, your shift or what you would say to somebody? So that might be fun to hear because a lot of people might not know how to change that story. So like, if I say, oh my God, I'm just feeling so tired today. Well, first off, You're not my client, but the first thing anyone who comes to me goes, they go, I know this question's coming. The first thing I ask them is just take a moment and tell me something good that's happening in your life because our brains are actually trained to look for the tiger that's going to eat us. So we understand why our brain goes to catastrophizing or seeing things that are wrong. But I ask them, and it's very funny because for a long time, people will go like, yeah, but I, you know, like, okay. And I'll sometimes try to bring them back or I just let them go. But what I know I'm doing is firing from new neural pathways. If they can just stop for a moment and go, Hmm, boom. You know what? Actually, I really like that. I, I made my bed this morning. I really like that. I, um, I made my juice this morning. I, you know what? I got out and walked. I, and it's just like, boom, we're already firing from a new place. We've already shifted mm-hmm. their energy. And I said, I know you're going to tell me the other stories that we have to do, but just for that moment, just to help them shift like that. And so I know if someone comes in and says they're tired, I know I, sometimes maybe they're tired because they really were up and they have sleep issues. So we need to like maybe check out hormones or why are they, are they playing on their phones or something else like that? Cause obviously sleep is so huge right now that they're really pushing sleep for good mental health. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think that part of it would depend if it's a client or a friend, cause if somebody walks in and does it. What I think you have to be aware of is that someone comes in and goes, God, I'm so tired. You know what's next? 
the room's going to already start sh shrinking. The room's going to already start going down. The room, it, 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 we vomit on people all the time and it's going to shift the energy in the room mm -hmm. versus what does it feel like when someone walks in and goes, oh my God, I just had the best hike. You know, raising it up. Right. I got to remember I'm on recording, right? We're raising it up. So, and you said, you asked something. I know you asked me for more tools, but you said, what do we say where I have so many clients when, we, when they stop telling old stories and gossip, they're like, I don't really know what to share in these gatherings anymore. I'm, I'm kind of quiet for a while. Mm. And I said, I know it's a funny thing. I remember going through that, like, oh yeah, I don't want to share that. about oh, That wouldn't be a good story either. That wouldn't be like you, the brain searching, where are the good stories? But when you're living a life on purpose, on path, I got lots of good stories. You have lots of good stories, both of you. Right. Are you, what are we telling? Right. Holy crap. We got a Ragnar race coming up in April, all the women gathering. What are we doing? How are we training? Um, incredible. You, you've got things coming up, Brandon, that are, I'll get teary eyed, but beautiful things in life. What are we talking about? You know, all these good things that are going on. Right. And the others just mm -hmm. where are we going to raise the frequency or not? What's what it's going to do when we leave that gathering did we start drama? Did we start something that changed our frequency and took us down to a lower level? Or did we raise up the room? And you even said, Brandon, when you got to the hospital, you were bringing up all the energy of all the people at the hospital. Yeah, that right, is right, right. incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. What do we listen to on? What do we do on the mountain? Maybe there'll be quiet for a while, or maybe we throw on you know, Martha Beck or Renee Brown or somebody's just for a little bit, just for 10 minutes, listening right. to somebody who raises our frequency for 10 minutes. I don't know, you know. No, I've, I've seen where this, like we, we are, we're always motivating or inspiring or, and I think that for, for me, it's become so cool to have my environment be so positive, you know, mm -hmm. where I do have such inspiring and positive people. And I'm not saying we don't have our moments where we have to have, where we need to discuss things or vent things or get them out of our body, but it is getting better the more practice we do. And mm -hmm. I have to say like that muscle gets better. And yes, we have our moments, but I have to know that that's, we, we are, I, I'm embracing those moments of discomfort when I do go back into that little gossip state, because I realize how much I don't like it. So mm -hmm. that's the part where I think acknowledging it and being aware that, hey, I don't want to do that anymore. So I can do it different. And the more we keep practicing that, it is better. And like our conversations are for the most part, really positive wherever we go, you right. know, and, and that's where I feel like we want to help that on a spiritual bigger picture, helping where we are telling good stories of our world. And, you know, where it's just funny, almost, I think for us three, particularly when we hear people kind of go into silly stuff, like the gas prices, and I'm not saying that's not happening, but it is more funny when you hear it, when you're at a higher vibe or higher frequency, because we're like, okay, but we know we're pulling in more money or we're abundant, or we just have trained ourselves to believe a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, like Brandon, where you said, you never feel you'll be without, you know, where we just believe that my mom's trained me that way, that right. there's always endless abundance, endless 
food, endless everything, spirituality, whatever it is, there, we can pull that in and it's for all of us. Right. But going into mom, um, where we want to help raise the frequency of the world and that when we get this practice going for ourselves, we're able to then, where Brandon's touching, so many people, not touching, inspiring and being a light in the hospital. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're not touching, you're, you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> being that positive light vibration in the hospital and mom every day who you are inspiring and helping and supporting and i i'm you know trying to do that even just in my job that might not be as on purpose but knowing that i am trying to do that everywhere i go be a light and mm -hmm. help so um I know you talked about jiggling mom and you've also, um, I'd love the next time that we have you going in the benefits of tapping. So we can go into that another time, but you have jumping and the countdown, which we all talk about with Mel Robbins, the five, four, three, two, one rocketing and moving our bodies. And I just want to touch on the part of watching, cause I do have someone personally that I'm around who's struggling with a lot of anxiety and watching this, this person who I'm getting to go into the cold pool with me and getting to do some physical movement, there is a complete shift in the way this person is watching when they move their body. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, hopefully I can share when, when, when this person's comfortable to share their story of struggle with anxiety and just knowing the difference when we do move our bodies and that really popping in that song and getting our body moving, mm -hmm. how the difference it is for right. us. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we have lots of tools. I know you say you'd have me come back. I wanted to share a story because I wanted it. it it's coming up in me to share it. And I know that, um, it's, it's one of those things that I'm hoping will really get people to understand why we want to be careful what's coming out of our mouths mm. um, and what we're sending out there so that they will leave remaining really conscious of, even if they just get to stopping or becoming conscious, or even if we slip because we're human and we do get into stories or, or gossiping or sarcasm. But so there's an an exercise that I will never do again. I'm just going to tell you what, what happened with it. So um, I was in my practice in North Carolina at the time, and I asked for a volunteer and I was, they just didn't understand energy and the power of energy. So I said, I, I am going to ask for a volunteer. And there were probably eight of us in this room. And I said, I'm going to ask you all to send every negative thought you could towards this person. I'll, I'll cry right now because it took her under two minutes to be in tears, like bawling from us sending her that energy. So when you tell a story about someone or we go into those stories, we are sending energy out. It is. And I literally said, you guys shift right now. And we sent her love and we sent her joy. And like, it was so awful, but it was, I, I, I was just trying to get them to understand how powerful it is when we are doing this we are powerful beings. Mm -hmm. We are sending out energy. Everyone we touch, we put our hand on, you know, Brandon does do some touching as a nurse. He's touching bodies. We have a frequency to us. That was so powerful. And again, I have never done it since, and I won't do it again, but we had to like, said, send her love and joy. And we just wrapped her in love mm -hmm. and she took a breath. And I said, don't underestimate 
what our energy can do either way, right? Either way. Right. And that's right. why it's just a side note, but whether people are telling Amber's brought up gas stories, which side note, perfect time to meditate when you're filling your tank. I didn't used to love to stop at a gas station, but you put the thing in and you can meditate for about two minutes. It's kind of a cool stop. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, because of the war, and I do not watch the news, but people start activating the news and, and about Putin. And I, I wrote this down because uh, if you're going to tell a story, the story should be, can we send him love to his body and his heart? That's mm. all we need to do. Cause I have clients, I have to, you know, I have to listen to whatever side they're on, but they're activating hatred, right? Hatred, right? That how powerful we are. Right. That's what we're sending out. So, um, that that it's just we as beings getting us first to that state of how do we want to walk around as beings of light and radiating what are we going to radiate so right um, there's a, well, there's a okay. oh no go ahead Amber. go ahead no go for it <laughs> all right there's a there's a youtube video that i watched uh within the last two weeks a, a guy that i've never actually heard of um he's he's no longer with us on earth but um he passed to cancer but his name's trevor moad uh, last name M-O-A-W-A-D. And he was on, uh, there's a guy named Tom Bilyeu, who he has this, uh, he has this uh, company or um, on YouTube and they do YouTube videos. It's called Impact Theory. So Tom Bilyeu interviewed this guy named Trevor Moat. And Trevor is, I believe he's a sports psychologist. And he talked about the power of what Carla was just talking about, the power of negative speech and they're doing research like at harvard and some other institutions about how powerful negative speech is and so after i after i listened to that video i've heard it before but it, it's good to have these reminders of like you know some of the stuff that you say just you might think it we all have and he says that on the video he says we all have some some really tough thoughts that come across us but when you actually speak it and start saying stuff like, I hate my job, or I really hate this person, or, you know, life will never be this, or life will never be that. Like you're putting, although you're thinking it, when you start to speak it out loud, you're putting extra emphasis and you are projecting a future reality. And so I really took away from that. It's just like, okay, I'm thinking this but I don't want to say it. And that's one video that really helped me change my mind that I'm glad Carla, you started talking about that. Um, reminded me, I saw this video before I did my nine day stretch and I was just like, I woke up one morning and I was like thinking, I really don't want to go to work, but I didn't say it. And that allowed me to keep, yeah. to, to really switch a lot faster than, um, than usual. So yeah, pretty powerful yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to dance with our thoughts. We can, we can let them go by. We don't have to entertain them and feed them. Right. right? So right. that's beautiful. Yeah. I was hoping that you could guide us in a minute or so, or two minutes or however long of a meditation that everyone can sort of take away from today and the topic of these stories and how important it is like that these words and that these stories that we just keep telling, like how we can, practice getting better and that um you're you know just putting something out there that we can end on in a positive 
note with some positive, a positive story. So, okay. So why don't we just close, close our eyes for a minute. And if you're not, please don't do that if you're driving, but if you're yeah. at home and you can feel your toes on the earth and put your shoulders back, opening your heart, dropping your jaw and begin to notice your breath. If you feel comfortable, you can put your hands on your heart and on your belly. Remembering back when we were babies and our bellies would expand, we don't have to hold them in. We can let them just open. Softening. Notice any constriction around our hearts. Just noticing the body. And if your heart's beating fast, just asking it to slow down. And for a moment, I would like you to think of a story that might be stuck in your body and that you just, for this moment, become conscious to let it go from your body and think of that one person that you say, I forgive you and I love you. And the next person pops in, I forgive you and I love you. And seeing that mirror, that I forgive me and I love me. And we send love out beyond ourselves. Out into the community, just spreading that light, spreading that love out of this state, out of this country. Over to you, the Ukraine, to Putin, sending love there and peace to Mother Earth. Just feeling that peace and seeing from that perspective that we are light beings. We are not the stories. Allowing that heart to open a little bit more. Putting your face in a little bit of a smile position. Allowing your brain to register, I'm in joy. One more deep breath into the belly. Bringing yourself back into the room, opening your eyes when you're comfortable. Hmm. Thank you for that. Yes, thank you. And thank you for sharing so much today. And it's, I feel like we could talk for hours about so many things, but I appreciate the tools and your expertise and appreciative of this time together and 
grateful for our listeners and grateful for today and that today is a wonderful day mm-hmm. and wellness is the state of our bodies and we are in joy. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's beautiful to connect with you both. And if anyone's interested in following Carla, Carla's coaching on Instagram, C with a C, Carla's coaching, and also um, website, carlascoaching.com. And she's got lots of goodness to share. So thanks for, for coming on today, Mom. Yeah, thanks, thanks for you having so much, me, Carla. We appreciate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody have an awesome day. Yeah, favorite you guys. song right now. Yeah, thank All you. Right.